It's Tuesday, February 18th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, the Boy Scouts of America filed for bankruptcy. Doing so could make it easier for the organization to deal with the onslaught of child sexual abuse lawsuits. But how will this impact victims? We'll explain. Then Michael Bloomberg just won something money can't buy. Or can it? It's an invite to tomorrow's presidential debate. And finally, how grasshoppers may have a second job in Homeland Security. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by CarMax. Discover how easy car buying can be. You know who's not getting their merit badge in budgeting this year? The Boy Scouts of America. Today, the 110-year-old organization filed for bankruptcy in a move that could have a big impact on delivering justice for victims of sexual abuse. Those accusations have come up all across the country. It is the first case in San Diego, but it's In a Portland, Oregon courtroom, the witness... More than 180 Boy Scout leaders in New York and New Jersey accused of sexual... A pedophilia epidemic. That is how a new lawsuit describes the problem of child sex abuse in the Boy Scouts of America. Little by little, these lawsuits had been working their way through the courts. But now, the bankruptcy process is totally shaking that up. To understand how, it helps to look at the bankruptcy process in a little more detail. And we may already have a kind of roadmap for this, thanks to the Catholic Church. Both institutions are being sued for decades of child sexual abuse and for covering it up. Those lawsuits have massive financial costs. And that's made filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy look like a lifeline. And a number of Catholic dioceses, kind of like local chapters in the U.S., took that lifeline and declared bankruptcy. Some people might think that bankruptcy is a way for these institutions to escape accountability. That by saying they're broke, they don't have to face the full justice they deserve. But the true story may be a bit more complex than that. Declaring bankruptcy can be humiliating. It's a court filing, so there's no hiding it. But after that, it can have some upsides by helping organizations fix their financial problems. The process involves disclosing all their assets. For the Boy Scouts, we'll find out the actual value of what they own, like buildings or hiking trails. Then they have to tally up liabilities or debts, which in this case includes all the financial claims being made against them in lots of individual lawsuits. And once all of that's in the open, then whoever's going bankrupt proposes a way to reorganize their finances and pay everyone they owe money. As in, here's the size of our pie, and here's how we're going to try to divvy it up. And throughout the whole process, the bankrupt organization gets to stay in business. For the Boy Scouts, that's really important, since they need paying members to stay afloat and to try and stick around for another 110 years. This bankruptcy process should also help the Boy Scouts deal with lawsuits coming in from all over the country. Jennifer Freeman is a senior counsel and child sex abuse lawyer at the Marsh Law Firm in New York. The bankruptcy imposes what's called an automatic stay of all existing lawsuits. And once the bankruptcy starts, all those claims basically are refiled or uh, amassed in the bankruptcy. And then additional claims are filed, proofs of claim are filed, which are less complicated than each individual lawsuit. This simplified legal process can help victims, too. Once some of the facts about the scope of abuse are established, Claims can get resolved faster. And for those trying to put abuse behind them, that can provide closure. But Freeman says having thousands of individual claims combined into just one process can also be painful. 
One of the benefits of bringing a claim for a child sex abuse survivor is holding that entity responsible and putting the responsibility where it belongs, which is on the shoulders of the perpetrator and or institution which allowed this to go on. And you lose a lot of that in this kind of complicated morass of a bankruptcy. You're not you're not going to have your own individual hearing. So there are benefits and downsides of this bankruptcy process, but it's what's happening. Another attorney watching this closely is Mitchell Garabedian. He's brought sexual abuse lawsuits against the Catholic Church and against the Boy Scouts. And he says today's news should encourage even more victims to come forward. This is going to be a huge legal fight. There are just so many victims out there, and they're coming forward left and right. And what is going to trigger a lot of victims coming forward is this news about the Boy Scouts filing for bankruptcy. Garabedian and Freeman say, judging by the phones at their law firms, that's already starting to happen. It has started ringing off the hook early this morning. Our phones are ringing off the hook as well. So what's the skim? The Boy Scouts of America's decision to declare bankruptcy didn't come out of nowhere. It had been talked about for a while, especially as states changed statute of limitations laws to allow victims to file sexual abuse lawsuits years or even decades after that abuse occurred. And those laws, as well as coverage of stories like today's, are empowering more and more people to speak out about institutional abuse they've experienced and to seek justice. But it's important to keep in mind, addressing institutional abuse is just one part of a much bigger picture. The reality is that more females get sexually abused than males, but not in the context of institutions. That sex abuse usually occurs in the family or by a family friend or a neighbor. So where are the the girls being really helped in all these male-oriented child sex abuse claims? For more on the push to change state laws and make it easier to file sexual abuse lawsuits, check out our December 5th episode on look-back laws. We've added a link to it in our show notes. Coming up, the Democratic candidate pouring hundreds of millions of dollars into his presidential bid just earned something money can't buy. More on that after the break. You shouldn't have to be an expert negotiator to buy a used car. At CarMax, you don't have to be. There's no haggling and no pressure to buy. The price you see is the price you pay. And it's based on the car, not your negotiation skills. It's car buying without the stress. Oh, and they have over 50,000 CarMax certified cars to choose from. Plus, it's tax season, and your return could help you put that down payment on a car. Just saying. Head to CarMax.com to discover how easy car buying can be. It's 2020 Tuesday, and this week we're looking at a candidate who's making a splash this morning. 2020 hopeful Michael Bloomberg officially qualifies for tomorrow's Democrat debate. Michael Bloomberg will be on the debate stage tomorrow night in Nevada. A new poll showing the former New York City mayor making the cut with 19 percent support. Yep. Almost three months after Bloomberg entered the Democratic presidential primary, he's finally getting ready for the hot seat. By now, you've probably seen a lot of his campaign ads. I'm Mike Bloomberg, and I approve this message. Or maybe you've seen some of his memes on your social feeds. Bloomberg has spent over $400 million on different kinds of campaign ads. That's more than double what President Trump and all the other Democratic candidates have spent on ads combined. But by flooding the airwaves and avoiding the debate stage, 
Bloomberg has basically been able to say whatever he wants without getting questioned by other candidates. And those candidates aren't happy about it. Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, who's leading in most of the polls right now, said at a rally yesterday that the party's nomination shouldn't be for sale. Mr. Bloomberg, like anybody else, has a right to run for president. He does not have a right to buy the presidency. And on NBC's Meet the Press on Sunday, Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar said it's about time Bloomberg stops hiding behind his ads. He has to answer questions. And of course, I think he should be on that debate stage, which eventually he will be, uh, because I can't beat him on the airwaves, but I can beat him on the debate stage. And I think people of America deserve that to make a decision. You see, for most of the debates so far, there were two requirements to make it on stage. First, a candidate had to have a certain percent of support in the polls. And second, they had to have raised a certain amount of money from donors. That second requirement kept Bloomberg off the stage because he didn't really have donors. He's a billionaire and he's been funding his own campaign. So no outside donations meant no debate stage. But last month, the Democratic National Committee rewrote the rule book and made it so you don't need outside donors to get on stage. Some saw that as a not-so-subtle effort to get Bloomberg an invite. Not only that, Bloomberg is now doing great in the polls. A new national survey out today shows him with 19% support. That puts him in second place right behind Sanders. Now that he's made the stage tomorrow night, the candidates can duke it out with him in real life. Tufts University political science professor Jeffrey Barry says we should expect Bloomberg to be on the defensive. He's going to be the target of attacks by other candidates. Uh, and he's going to be uh, the subject of lots of pointed questions from uh, the journalists who are conducting the uh, debate. And tomorrow, we'll catch you up on some other drama bubbling up between 2020 candidates ahead of the debate. Until then, if you want to learn more about this winding road to 2020, head on over to theskim.com slash election. Before we go today, here's a fun fact about an insect we didn't know existed. Cyborg grasshoppers. Scientists at Washington University in St. Louis have created cyborg grasshoppers that can detect explosive chemicals in their environment. They wire chemical receptors in the grasshopper's antennae to record and transmit electrical signals through sensors strapped to the backs of the bugs. If you're picturing bugs with backpacks, you're not far off. And get this. The seven grasshoppers in the study could identify chemical explosives with an 80% average accuracy. The U.S. Office of Naval Research funded the experiment with the hopes that these cyborg bugs could reportedly be useful for homeland security. So we might expect to hear some more of this in the next Terminator reboot. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks again for listening and be sure to hit subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you want to add the Skim to your morning routine, sign up for our free newsletter, The Daily Skim, right on our website at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox.